1 Corinthians 1, and then also in the second chapter, we've been on a series for a little while now called Faith in the Power. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. Isn't it amazing how something can be so awesome, so life-changing, and this person is just ecstatic about it, and this person won't give it the time of day. This other person sees no value in it at all. And that's what's going on on the planet. He goes on to say, verse 22, Jews require a sign, Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified and the Jews a stumbling block, to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I don't care if you're looking for smarts or you're looking for power, Jesus is what you're looking for. He's both and he's more. Jesus, you know, there's some people who think they are, but Jesus really is all that. <laughs> you did not exaggerate when you said he is all that and then some. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. 1 Corinthians 2 and 1 in the King James, we can find that. It said, I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Next verse. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, last uh, Sunday, we got into that that he found out that when he is weak, that's when he's strong. And we talked about superchargers <laughs> and turbos <laughs> and how that they work on demand. They're not at full boost when you're just idling around town. But if somebody tries to pass you when they shouldn't, <laughs> then that boost is there available and when you call for it here comes all this boost and you can get on down the road well the Holy Spirit is our boost he's our standby he's our strengthener right hallelujah and you don't see all that boost manifested because you don't need all that all the time but especially when you're a little weak to get the job done, you're pulling a hill and you are not making it up the hill and you're thinking you might roll back. That's time when you need to put your foot in it. And I'm talking about believing God, being strong in His might, not your own. And here comes the boost. Here comes the boost and puts you right over and you can do all things through Christ the anointed one and his anointing who strengthens you. And uh, he goes on to say, verse 4, my preaching and teaching, it wasn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now that word demonstration, same word as in other places in the King James Bible translated 
manifestation. It can be translated manifestation. Have you ever heard of manifestations of the Spirit? Yeah. And actually what some people call gifts of the Spirit, there is an accurate way to describe that, but then also it could just be called manifestation. Well, manifest means to show or display as opposed to being hidden or obscured. So is the Holy Spirit interested in showing us some things? He is. Manifest means he shows up. He reveals it, shows some things, does some things. Said out loud, demonstration of the Spirit, manifestation of the Spirit. See, that's what he's saying. He said, I, I didn't come to wow you with what I know. And I didn't rely on my, Paul had an extensive education. He spoke, I don't know, three, four languages or something. He, he had access to reading all the ancient texts and could read them in some of their original languages when most people could not read or write in his day. So he, had, he, he came up at the feet of Gamaliel, who was renowned as the premier instructor and teacher. So, I mean, he was the Pharisee golden boy, Paul. He was, he was their child of promise, you know. And yet... He gets to the place in Philippians where he says, I count all that dung that I may know Christ. Hallelujah. I want to know him in the power, among other things, in the power. Everybody say power, power, power of his resurrection. Oh, man, when you when you taste real Holy Spirit power, nothing else will do. There is no replacement except no replacement. No, except no substitute. And so that's what he's saying. He said, uh, verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith should have more of a foundation than just so-and-so's book that Dr. So-and-so wrote or our doctrinal tenets. I don't care how beautiful and poetic it sounds and is written and if you can put it in calligraphy and hang it on the wall and looks beautiful, does it work? Does it work? It takes power to be born again. It takes power to be healed, power to be delivered, power to be filled with the Spirit, power to be protected. Somebody say power, power, power. If, God, if the God we, we read about in the Bible and we believe in and we serve, if he is real, he and he's everything that this Bible says he is, then he is a power God. He's a mighty God. He's a glorious God. Hallelujah. And we should expect manifestations of this power on a regular basis. Not telling him how to do things but expecting him to show up and do things in the ways that he knows best and that glorify him and get the job done. Somebody say, I have faith in the power, in the real power of God. 
We're going to talk a little more today about we, we, we must go beyond believing it exists. We must go beyond believing that it's real. You'll see this. Go to Isaiah. Let's go ahead and talk about it now. Isaiah, the 40th chapter. And boy, this is a good place to camp out if you want to learn more about this topic. This 40th chapter, there's a lot in here about this. But we're skipping down to the end of the chapter, for time's sake, in the 28th verse. And I'm reading the Young's literal translation. Verse 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the God of the age... Jehovah, preparer of the ends of the earth, is not wearied nor fatigued. What a thought. God never gets tired. Never? When does he sleep? Never. Doesn't need to. Once in a while, doesn't he just just kind of get, you know, worn out? No. Never. That's your father. And the great thing about it, it goes on to say, there's no searching of his understanding. And he's not stingy with all that power. He is giving power to the weary. He's a giver. I said he's a giver, not a taker. He's a giver. He'll receive what you give him, but he won't take it from you if you don't want to give it. And to those not strong, he increases might. Now, let this settle for you that the Lord wants you to have it. Come on, let it settle it for you. Do you remember James talks about, is any, anybody among you, you lack wisdom? Then what? Let him ask of God, which gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Well, the wisdom of God is one of the most precious things you could ever get. Why? Because with his wisdom, you know what's going on. You know what to do about it. You know how it's going to turn out. Come on, are y'all listening? I mean, one of the biggest problems we have as human beings is what we don't know. Ignorance. But if you could be clueless about the situation, and if you get the wisdom of God, you just go, oh, okay, I got it now. I got, devil, I got your number. I'm stopping you right there. <laughs> Holy Spirit, this is what I'm going to leave you to do. I have heard from heaven. I got, the, I got the wisdom. I got the answer. Does God want you to have the answer? Does he want you to have the wisdom or does he enjoy seeing you fumble around in the dark? And fuck. No, did you hear that phrase? Ask of God. And he gives to everybody that will ask liberally. Does he want you to have it? Does he want you to have strength? Does he want you to have, he gives power to the the weary and the faint and the weak. To those not strong, he increases might. Everybody say, he wants me to have it. The Lord wants me to have the wisdom, the strength, the grace, the power, the help. He wants me to have it. He wants you to have it. Wouldn't say he gives it to you, unless he did. But now here is our part. Verse 30. Even youths are wearied and fatigued, and young men utterly stumble. 
your natural strength and your good intentions and your fervency of mind only goes so far. Alone, just in your own strength, you will run out. There will be times and places you just are not enough. That's why it says be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's again, that's when the boost comes in. When, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. But verse 31, here's our part. But those, the King James says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's King James. That word wait is in other places in the same King James Bible translated look for. Look for. The idea is expect. Isn't that what you're doing? If you're looking for something, what are you doing? You're expecting it. Look, and in this verse, you're looking for what? Put, put the verse up. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Or the, the uh, Young's literal translation, and this is a very accurate translation, those expecting Jehovah pass to power. Now that doesn't read as smoothly, but it's accurate. Those what? Expecting what? Well, this whole verses are talking about power. God doesn't get tired. He's powerful. He never runs out. And he gives that power to the faint. And he increases strength to them that have no might. Even natural people, the strongest of the strong, will run out. But... Those who are expecting Jehovah to give them power. Those who are expecting demonstrations of the Spirit. Those who are expecting manifestations of the Spirit will get them. They will be quickened. They will pass to power. The psalmist said, I go from strength to strength. Say it out loud. I'm going from strength to strength in the Lord. It's not enough to just believe God is powerful. It's not even enough to just to believe God wants you to have power. As good as that is. You got to go further. You must actually expect power. Man, this is worth you coming to church this morning, right here. Say it out loud. I must, I must expect, expect power. power. I must expect manifestations of power, demonstrations and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I must expect it. I must expect it. This is why so many don't see it. They don't experience it because they're not expecting it. I'm talking about millions of church-going people. Most churches, you can't even preach and teach there on the gifts of the Spirit. Talking in tongues? Forget it. Right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and remind ourselves. Because, well, I'll tell you what. Find two places. 1 Corinthians 12 and... Hebrews 6, and we'll go to Hebrews 6 first. 
Hebrews 6, and then 1 Corinthians 12. Those expecting Jehovah, those expecting something from the Lord. Do you remember the lame man at the gate called Beautiful? It was a sign and wonder and a healing. Do you remember what happened there? Peter and John came up at the hour of prayer, been the ninth hour, and this man was laid there daily at the gate called Beautiful. And, and Peter looked at him, and something happened. I reckon they were expecting some manifestations because God gave them a manifestation of the Spirit. And, and something happened. We have reason to believe they went up to the, we know they did that, went up to the temple and prayed daily on a regular basis. And so that man was laid there daily. So how many times had they seen him there? And how many times had they gone by him? But today, something was different. Today when they went and, and the man said, alms, alms for the poor. And Peter looked over and something dropped on him. Power. Oh, somebody say power. Some, something quickened in him. And he said, look here. Look at us. And what did it say the man did? He looked on them expecting expecting, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter and said, Peter and Peter said, with John, John is hooked, obviously, 100%. He said, silver and gold have I know. What does that mean? His wife had the pocketbook that day. He went off to church without his pocketbook. I've done that many times. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's broke. He said, but I got something better than that anyway. Such as I have, that's what I'm giving you. He grabbed him by the hand. He said, get up, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And the power fixed his legs and his ankle bones and his feet. Just like he jumped up and leaped and walked and praised God. It was a sign, a power sign. Everybody say power, power, power. Obviously, you know, Peter and John, they hung out with Jesus. They saw power, they saw manifestations, and, and they had the Spirit of God on them, and they had experienced manifestations in their own life. So as a part of their life, they have just this abiding expectancy for the Spirit of God to show up in a, a variety of different ways. Now this is called in Hebrews 6, if you're there, Hebrews 6 and verse 4. There's a term used describing what we're talking about. I won't go into all this, but it says that it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit, keep going, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, keep going, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucified of themselves the Son of God afresh, put him to an open shame. There's a whole thing here we're not going to get into today, but he's talking about people who knew the Lord, but rejected the Lord and are unwilling to repent. Didn't say God wouldn't take them back, said you could not get them to come back to the Lord. You can't get them to repent, and that's the Worst place that you could get into. But anyway, I just want to notice that one part. Back up to the previous verse there. This talks about people. This is not a baby Christian that got born again last week. This is a person. Back up to the previous verse. It says 
they have been enlightened. That means you heard the gospel, you saw your need to be saved, and you saw Jesus has got, he is the Lord and has your salvation. They tasted of the heavenly gift. Jesus is the heavenly gift. He is the bread that came down from heaven. That means they received Jesus and they were born again. But that's not all. And were made partakers of the Holy Spirit. Can you see that? Partakers, so they've been filled with the Spirit. These are tongue-talking people. That's not the end either. And look at the next verse. They've tasted the good word of God. That's an implication. They've gone from milk to meat. They're not just a baby. They have fed substantially and grown and developed. And the powers of the world to come. Everybody say the powers of the world to come. Now the New Testament differentiates between this present called evil world and the world to come. The world to come doesn't just describe new heavens and new earth as part of it. It describes age, the next age. And the next age is a power age. But it is available to access the powers of that age early. (laughs) And you see manifestations of these in the scripture. You see them, you even see some of them in the Old Testament. And you certainly see them in the life and ministry of Jesus. And you see them in the book of Acts. Say it out loud, powers of the world to come. Now, you, you've been telling me for weeks now that you believe in the power. Do you? You believe in the power, not just on paper, because the Bible said there are those that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. They're fine unless there actually starts occurring some manifestations of power, and they go, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> No, that, that bothers me. No, no. <laughs> We're not supposed to be just a dead, liturgical, intellectual bunch. Amen. We're not just supposed to come and take endless notes. Amen. There's supposed to be things happening. Yes. Things happening. I can't work them up. You can't work them up. I can't do it. You can't do it. Don't get into trying to make it happen. You'll mess up. You'll make a mistake. But what we can do is expect. Expect. That's our part. Expect. Those who expect Jehovah passed power. And these powers uh, are involved the powers of the world to come. Look in 1 Corinthians 12. Now let me remind you of the manifestations of the Spirit because you'll see some of these things fall under these categories. 1 Corinthians 12, he said, I I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual things. And he, he goes on to talk about 
nine different manifestations of the Spirit. And you got to remember how these folks got started. How, how did the New Testament church, how did they get started? Well, after Jesus was raised from the dead with the apostles immediately, he spoke to them and the Spirit of God came in them. You remember that after he was raised from the dead? Whew. And then he said, he gave them a great commission, but he said, but you wait in the city of Jerusalem until, until you be endued with power. It's not enough just to have the directive. You need to have power to back it up. Power. power. How many know you don't just go to war only with a piece of paper declaration of war? You don't show up at the front line and go, I got this paper. We declare war. Boom. Okay. <laughs> you best bring some power. Is that right? You best come. You best come loaded. Because they, they're coming loaded. You better come loaded. Well, I'm telling you, God is loaded. Ain't nobody ever been loaded like God. Who is loaded? And uh, he, he said, you, you wait there in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And he said, after the Holy Spirit's come on you, you'll receive power. Did he say it? Did he say it? You'll receive power. Somebody said, I'll receive power. I have received power. I have power. And he said, you'll be witnesses to me. The power is not a witness to you. The power is a witness to him. Because the power, even though it's in you, it's not from you. Not from you. It's from him. In 1 Corinthians 12, he says, verse 4, There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations. That word can be translated ministries. But the same Lord. There are diversities of operation. But it's the same God, which works all in all. So he mentions three things here. Gifts, ministries, and operations. And these all have to do with power. A lot of times when we think of power, hear power, we think healing power or delivering power. And that's part of it, but it's only part of it. Notice some of the other manifestations of power. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Who can have these manifestations? Everyone. He's talking to all the saints at the church at Corinth. So he's talking to believers. Every believer can and should have manifestations of the Spirit. Sit out loud. I can. I should. I will have manifestations of the Holy Spirit in my life. You could call these power manifestations too. Because that's what they are. Keep reading. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now we've already talked about wisdom, but this is not healing, and yet it could be, it could affect healing. But wisdom has to do with seeing the cause and the outcome, seeing the end 
And of course, wisdom includes God's plan. But this is power. When you don't know what to do and don't understand what's going on, and the Spirit of God manifests His power on you, and now you do. Now it's clear to you. Now you know exactly what to change and what to do and how to get to the right place. Is that power or not? That's power. I said that's power. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. These things work together often. What is the word of knowledge? It's knowing something that you didn't learn. Knowing something maybe that you had no way of ever finding out. But the Spirit of God just reached inside you with His power and showed you. You didn't see it. Now you do. (laughs) You were dumb and clueless. Now you're smart and ready to go. (laughs) That's power. Is that empowerment? It's empowerment. Keep reading. To another faith by the same spirit. Now there's a whole teaching right here. But there's a faith that comes by hearing. And that's. you, You can call that common faith. And that's what we live by and walk by and function by. But there are different measures of faith. And, and God's, you know, he can drop faith on you that you didn't get from hearing or from developing for a specific instance. And you'll find this oftentimes in the raising of the dead. That uh, are in situations that You know, I remember one individual who God used in a raising from the dead situation, and he said it like this. He said, I prayed, and I tried to penetrate heaven with all the faith I had, and just felt helpless and weak, and he's he's praying about this person that had died young and wrong, and he said, but all at once, there came a faith from heaven. (laughs) There came a faith beyond my own, a faith that would not be denied. <laughs> he said he felt like he's about 20 feet tall and he just commanded it. Hallelujah. And then how, well, see, that's this. That's this. Some call it special faith. Faith. Another gifts of healing by the same spirit. Well, that's, is that power? And keep going. To another working of miracles. Now, this is actually the same word that's translated power. That we've been talking about. Mighty deeds. Are deeds of power. And the one literal way to render it. Is um, power that makes possible. That agrees with other scriptures doesn't it? All things are possible to him that believes. Power that makes possible. Well a miracle is something people thought impossible. But now it happened. And he goes on to say discerning of spirits, different kind of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Are these manifestations of power? Go with me to the book of Acts and just look at a couple as we have time for to remind us. Because what's your part in this? What's my part in this? Expect what? Expect what? Expect power manifestations. Expect the power of wisdom. Expect the power of supernatural knowledge. Expect the power uh, of discerning of things in the spirit. Expect the power, yes, of healing manifestations and delivering. Mighty deeds. When you need it, when you feel weak, expect the boost. 
expect it to just come in and buoy you up and lift you up and make you able where you were unable. Somebody say, I can, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Acts 4. Would you go there, please? Acts 4. We asked earlier, how did this early church, I shouldn't say it that way, it's the same church as us, the early days of the church. How did they get started? They got started not in seminary. I'm not, I'm not speaking against that. But they didn't get started through intense word studies. They got started with power. Is that right? I mean, Jesus breathed on them. Is that right? Receive the Holy Spirit. And they did. Then he said, but don't leave now to do the Great Commission until you be endued with power. So now what are they waiting on? What are they looking for? What are they expecting? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, how did it get kicked off? Somebody said, turn in your Bibles to verse so-and-so. Now, now you know nothing's wrong with that. We do that all the time. But that's not how they got kicked off. How did they get kicked off? Strong, mighty, wind, like a hurricane, but the doors are closed. It's inside the house. It's blowing, and then whoosh, fire. What am I saying now? I think we've forgotten this. We need to be reminded of this. This is how the church got kicked off. The wind is blowing. You feel it. And then whoosh, a flame appears over your head. And there's 120 of them in there. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Hallelujah. And, and you're, you're hearing the wind. You're feeling it. You're seeing the flames. And the flames start coming towards you. Hallelujah. <laughs> I bet you got a bunch of mixed feelings about that. <laughs> You're very excited, maybe a little scared. <laughs> and it sat on them. Sat on them. Now you ain't been sat on till the Holy Spirit sits on you. And when the flames sat on them, they erupted in speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. They were all filled with the Spirit and spoke in other tongues. Hallelujah. And they were so filled that moments later when people saw them, they, they thought for sure they are drunk. They are drunk out of their heads. They, no, they're full of the Spirit. But they were not acting in a dry manner, in a normal manner. They were ecstatic. They're overflowing. Well, you see a flame sit on you and see what you do. The wind and the flames and the sound. That's how they got started. That's chapter 2. <laughs> chapter 3. People are being healed. Amen. The gate called beautiful. 
people that no way they could ever walk. Nothing anybody could ever do for them. Chapter 4, after they've been threatened by the leaders, commanded not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus, you think they're going to stop? They ain't about to stop. Wind and fire and healings and miracles. Would you stop? Somebody said, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. No. And verse 29 of 4, they said, Behold their threatenings, grant unto your servants that with all boldness that we may speak your word. They said, take it up a notch. Let's take it up. There's a connection between boldness and results. Not arrogance. Not pushiness. Boldness, another word for boldness is confidence. You just are so sure. You're so sure of what you believe. You're absolutely fully persuaded. And you are so confident of what God has done and will do. That you are just flat expecting it. Somebody say, I'm expecting, I'm expecting. You're not trying to tell what God what to do and how to do it. You're just expecting him to show up. So much so that you're bumping other people going, watch, he'll show up. You watch. He's, keep your eyes open. Tell you, keep your eyes open today. Keep your eyes open. And then something will happen. And say, I told you. I told you. I told you. The problem is you got millions of church going people expecting nothing. They show up. They expect a little dry homily on morals and social reform. And they check their watch and they expect to get out quick and go eat. And that's what they get. No expectation. But faith comes by hearing. I said faith comes by hearing. It's why we're just going to keep on hearing and hearing about the power and the miracles and the healings until we get to expecting some more. Is that right? And not just during service, just in our lives. In our lives on a Monday morning, we just are expecting uh, you know, you're dealing with something. You don't know what to do. You start, ex- you say, Lord, show me what to do. Show me how to do it. You're expecting a word of knowledge. You're expecting a word of wisdom. You're expect, and you feel weak and like you can't. You're expecting some strength to infuse you and to come up in you and help you. And if something's sick, you're expecting power to heal it. If something's been hindered, you're expecting power to set it free and deliver it. Expecting, expecting. So they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand that signs and wonders, is that power? May be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Somebody say power. The place, not the people, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And again, remember how they get started. Just not long ago, wind and flames of fire and talking in tongues so it shouldn't surprise you they want some more of this is that right are they ex- are they looking for more of this kind of thing expecting more and so while they're in one place again and one accord in one mind in chapter 4 the same folks plus some others that got filled in Acts 2 got filled again again in Acts 4, there's one initial filling of the Spirit, but that's not the end. That's the beginning. There's supposed to be many subsequent refillings, rechargings. 
of the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spake the word of God with boldness. Isn't that what they prayed for just a verse or two earlier? So they got it. Is this power? 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 You know, on another occasion, Acts 16, you don't have to turn there, but Acts 16, when Paul and Silas were in prison in the stocks and they were singing and praising God, suddenly, Acts 16, 26, there was a great earthquake. And the foundations of the prison were shaken, but it didn't collapse. It wasn't destroyed. But immediately, all the doors, the jail cell doors, open. And everyone's bands were loosed. That's all the chains, all the shackles, all the wrist cuffs and ankle cuffs just opened up on their own. That's powers of the world to come. Where you don't need a remote control. Go with me to Acts 12. Acts 12.5 is where uh, the uh, Peter is in prison. He's been captured and they're intending on executing him soon. He was kept in prison, but... But prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. Well, what do they want? They want some power to show up, right? Somewhere, somehow, get their man of God out of jail. Prevent him being executed because this uh, leader had just killed James not long before that. And he's ready to kill Peter. They're on this executing Christian leader bit. And... uh, Verse 6, when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison, behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. Where did this light come from? It wasn't two D-cell batteries (laughs) in a little plastic flashlight. (laughs) He didn't, the angel didn't bring a flashlight with him. <laughs> he just came into the prison and it illuminated. And Peter was wringing his hands and crying about being executed tomorrow. No. That dude's sleeping. He's out. In fact, the angel had to smite Peter on the side to get him. He, he, it wasn't enough to just say, Peter. Peter, that wouldn't have done it. He's going. <laughs> and so he, the, the angel had to, had to kick him and go, Peter, Peter. He was, huh, huh, what, what? He said, get up quick. And so Peter said, okay. And he's just getting up. His chains just fall off. No key, no pry bar, no bolt cutters. <laughs> Come on, can you see that? What did that? What did that? It's actually powers of the world to come. It's a taste and experience of that. And so the chains just fell off his hands. Verse 8, the angel said, uh, get dressed. <laughs> you know, Peter's groggy. He really is. He, he, he was so sound asleep. You can tell that because it's a couple of verses later when he really realizes this is real. 
He thinks he's dreaming. So he's standing there, you know, and the angel says, and, and put your clothes on. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> and your shoes. Put your shoes. <laughs> put your shoes on. Okay. And don't forget your coat. Get your coat. Put your coat around. Okay. And then he said, and follow me. Come on. Come on, follow me. He went out and followed him. He's just walking along. And wasn't sure what was done by the angel was really happening. He thought he's having a vision. He had had visions before. And he thinks, man, this is so real. This is so real. And they got to the guard station. And they just walked right by it. And then they got to the second security station. And they just walked right out of the prison. And he just walking along behind him and this is a great dream, man. This is awesome. <laughs> they got to the iron gate. Come on, help me out. And you see the first self-opening gate in the world. <laughs> the gate opened to them of his own accord. This is not Harry Potter. This is not... Come on, are y'all with me? This is not some goofy fantasy stuff. This is real. This is the same God who created the universe. Does he understand a thing or two about power? What about gravity? What about electricity? I mean, he, God created atoms and electrons and protons and neutrons. He created magnetic forces. He created all of this. So you think it's hard for him to open a gate? You know, the Lord could have an angel write out the mathematical equations for you as to what happened that caused the gate to open. You probably wouldn't understand it, but it's not magic. It's my God. It's power. And the further we go, the more we'll understand how some of these things work. But for now, you and I are Ned and the first reader. We are. We're spiritual kindergarten. And so you just got to be like Peter. Put on your clothes, okay. Put your shoes on, okay. Just follow me. Come this way. And we're moving and we're walking. Okay, come on. Come on. And if you're smart, you'll just go. We're going out of jail. We're going out of jail. <laughs> and you get past this, all the guard stations and the gate. Oh, how are we going to get out of the gate? Clink, clink. Oh, that's how we get now. <laughs> then it said they went out, passed through one street, and the angel said, Okay, I think you can get it from here. And he left him, and all at once, Peter realized, I am really out here in the street. This is real. I'm not sleeping. Somebody say, Glory to God, glory to God. This happened in the New Testament in response to the church praying. In response to people believing and expecting the power of God. Look at the 8th chapter in closing, I think. Back up to chapter 8 of Acts. Somebody say, I have faith in the power of God. I believe God manifests his power in these days, in this generation, in my life. Hallelujah. Say it out loud, Lord. 
stretch forth your hand to do signs and wonders to heal and deliver and do mighty things to your glory. We ask for it in Jesus' name. We know it's your will, and so we expect it. I expect it. Hallelujah. Expect it now, expect it tonight, expect it tomorrow, expect it to next day. Any and every time you need something, expect some power to show up somehow, some way to deal with it. Those expecting Jehovah, looking for it, they pass to power. And they go, like the psalmist said, from strength to strength, in the strength of the Lord. In the eighth chapter, you have the story of Philip that went and ministered by the Spirit to the Ethiopian officer of the court. And uh, he didn't know he was there. He didn't know where he was going. The Spirit of God just led him. He was at the right place at the right time. When he got there, he saw this royal chariot and entourage going across. And the Spirit of God said, go, join yourself to him." Well, you know, it could be dangerous just running up to an unknown chariot in those days. But he did, and just so happened, the guy's reading Isaiah. <laughs> and he's riding along in the chariot. He, he's a believer. He's from Ethiopia, but he's a believer. And he had been to Jerusalem and, uh, for some things, and he's going back. And he saw Philip, and, and Philip says, hi. And, and something struck the guy, and he said, y'all stop, 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 stop. This so they stopped, and they spoke to each other, and, and Philip said, what you reading there? He said, Isaiah, do you know it? He read him the passage. He said, uh, oh, yeah, I know it. He said, uh, who's he talking about? He talk it was a prophecy about Jesus. What a setup. Prophecy. He said, is the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? And he had Philip come up in the chariot with him, be like a limo today, get in the limo, and he preached to him, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He told him, he's talking about Jesus. He's prophesying about Jesus, and this is what has happened, and Jesus has paid the price, and he's been risen from the dead, and he's the King of kings and Lord of lords, he's coming again. And when it, when it all, he finished his message, the officer said, well, here's water right over here. Let's get, let's have a baptism right now. He said, yeah. He went over there. He baptized him. He came up out of the water, no doubt, shouting and praising God. And then he said, where's that man? Where'd he go, guys? They're like, he was right there beside you. They looked around for several minutes and they said, well, I guess we just keep going home. Where is he? Where is he? powers of the world to come. When they were come up out of the water, verse 39, Acts 8, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Now this is body and all. This does not just something happened in his mind's eye. His body caught him away. The eunuch saw him no more, but he went on his way rejoicing while he saved. Hallelujah. Verse 40, Philip was found at Azotus. Found, what does that mean? He rematerialized. 
in another town, miles and miles away. He didn't travel there. He didn't fly there. That is the quickest way to travel. That it makes the fastest jet look pokey, pokey, pokey. Jet is not the fastest way to go. This is the fastest way to go. This is something you and I apparently have to look forward to in the world to come. Y'all want to go visit so-and-so? Where are they? You know, four light years from here. You ready? Let's go. All right, everybody focused? Here we go. Poof. Yay. Quick trip, huh? <laughs> Long before Star Trek. And beam me up, Scotty. Right? Long, long, long before. God created matter. And he created energy. So what he did is he took what Philip's body was made of. And he translated it. Or transported it there. In a moment of time. And caused it to rematerialize there. Transportation. Spiritual and physical molecular. Powers. This happened years ago in the church. Same church you and I are part of. Did it happen or not? Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.